Welcome to the Party in the Back podcast. My name is Will Burge. Alongside me, members only, Dave. What's happening, Will? How are you? How do you like the theme song, Dave? I got to tell you, I, uh, you were talking it up before the broadcast, and I got to tell you, it really delivered. It's, uh, it was so much more than I could have imagined. It's, uh, I think it's very suitable. Anytime you can find a band called Awesome Snakes, you got to feel like that's... Uh, that's awesome Snakes, huh? Yeah, Awesome Snakes. Hopefully okay. they don't sue us. They have like 300 views on YouTube, so hopefully they don't. They sound like they're from like rural Minnesota or something like that, you know? Probably. Like yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that they're, uh, they don't sound like an L.A. rock band, that's for sure. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't put it past them, though. Yeah. So how are things, man? How are things going? This is so, well, for people out there who don't know, this is, we're still in the soft opening phase of Party in the Back podcast. But we're um, this close. We are so close. We almost, we just almost decided to go live on this one. We decided to do a soft run so we could kind of look over everything, make sure everything looks and feels good. Uh, but we're very close to being able to do this live on Twitter. How's your week been, man? You're heading back to work this week, aren't you? Yeah, everything's been great. Uh, just been doing the work thing and, uh, just taking it easy. Just another day pretty much. Just trying to one day at a time. Looking forward to doing the show all week after last week's show. They keep getting better, you know? Do we have any announcements on a, a certain website yet? Are we there yet or what? We are not there yet. I just need to get a few promo photos, but that's the last thing we got to plug in. So, you know, maybe next week. What's, what's kind of going on, or you want to wait on that? I want to wait on that. I want to get right. all the details. I'm more, I'm that kind of guy to where I will give details and crumbs along the way, only to disappoint whenever it finally comes along. So I want to make sure <laughs> I keep my mouth shut and build, you know, not as much as anticipation, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that is very much um, also my, um, the way I do things. I like to, Build things up extremely high and then mm-hmm. completely let everyone down. Who is excited yeah, I, for it. I don't want to do that because I mean not, I mean this matters to me, but that really matters to me just as much as this. So I want to make sure it's totally on the up and up, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I will say this. So for the people out there, this is completely like you know inside baseball. I did not record the uh, video stuff in the beginning, so we don't even have anything to <laughs> But the audio is new, so whatever. We're good to go for this one. The show's happening. Um, hey, by the way, before we get yeah. into it, I want to tell you, I didn't do my homework and I did not watch The Running Man, but I have something special planned for that, so just also stay tuned for that. I, had, All right. I didn't even tell you about this, but I got something I'm, I'm going to do with that, so just kind of keep your eyes peeled. Perfect, but you did watch the preview for The Running Man. I did. I watched the trailer, and it does look awesome. awesome. Right? I have no idea how it ever escaped me for as long as it has, yes. It seems like it's right up your alley. Oh, I know. I can't wait to watch it. And I especially love that I mentioned in my tw- my tweet to you, I love how he used the phrase, I'll be back, in the trailer. Yep. Ultimate 80s cheese. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> it lays it on thick, baby. It lays it on yeah. thick. we got tons to talk about today, though, um, as we're going to kind of run through a couple different things. Um, some, we're going to get into some tea today. We haven't done this before, but we're going to do a little, uh, a little bit of gossip news. Are you ready for that okay. later on in the show? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who doesn't love a good, nice cup of tea? You know, this one sounds piping hot. I've seen some of these topics. I, uh, I can't wait to dig into these. So before we get to the gossip stuff, though, I do want to say we are pretty close to sports coming back. I mean, we've got Korean baseball now, which we talked about last podcast. Right. We have, you know, the Ocho sports, um, which, you know, they seem to be. Um, you know, people are enjoying them as an oddity, but real sports, quote unquote, real sports are headed back. Um, you got NASCAR, NASCAR this weekend, right? Yep. NASCAR is coming up. Um, the MLB is like basically in the midst of deciding what they're going to do with their season, but the NBA, who was damn near at the end of their season anyway, has now decided they're going to make a decision firm within the next two to three weeks, one way or the other on basketball. And they actually sent out a poll, uh, the NBA union did to their players to see if they wanted to come back and play. And I think this really is an interesting place to start 
because it is almost as much about sports as it is about how you view what's happening with the coronavirus. Because, you know, for me, it's hard for me to judge someone who says, you know, I don't feel safe going out there and playing. I don't feel safe going out there, maybe not for myself, but I don't want to take it back home. Maybe I take care of my mom. I have young kids at home, whatever the case may be. If they say they don't want to play, but I know, and you know, Dave, there's going to be plenty of people out there. Maybe you're one of them. I don't know. That is going to say, screw you. You're making millions of dollars to play a kid's game. Get out there and play some, get out there and play some basketball. Yeah. I personally, I couldn't fault any NBA player that didn't want to come back and play early. If for nothing else, that reason you mentioned their family, they might have like their, their parents condition, their, maybe their, their wife's parents, they have some sort of condition. They don't want them get to get even more sick or have them be more prone to, getting the coronavirus uh, as compared to them not ha- being playing at all. So, Wait, getting I mean, what? But as compared to, like, not playing at all and staying home and staying with them, staying safe and, you know. No, no, what, what did you say? You didn't want, they just, like, for them, you didn't want them to get what? I just didn't want them to have a higher uh, risk, like their family members to get I'm it. If getting they did contract Coronavirus. Coronavirus! Sorry, I just wanted that's, to play with the new, the new soundboard, that's all. Oh, yeah, okay. that's what we're saying. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, because you don't know what kind, you don't know what kind of conditions these people these people have. You know, they might be more prone to getting it, and if they get it, you know, they might have like you know some sort of disease, autoimmune systems kind of thing. So you just don't know. Like, and you got to think of your family first and foremost, especially if you have a family, your kids, your wife, that kind of thing. It's not just about you and this because the decision that they be making affects their entire family. So I can't fault them. Some of this. So for baseball players, there's a big financial aspect of this too, right? Because there's profit sharing and there's obviously not going to be fans in the stadiums. So there's the players, they're going to decide, do we want to play for less money with higher risk? And for whatever reason, people always side with the billionaire owners over the millionaire players. And I don't, I don't really know why that is. Um, I think it's maybe because they're not in front of you every day. The players are the ones wearing the jerseys in front, you know, the, the jerseys with the city name on it. But the NBA is a little different because it's not really a money thing, even though they have taken a pay cut um, and they will continue to take pay cuts if they don't get back and play again. I think a lot more of this has to do with injury. Like I was listening to Jason Lloyd. He was on with, uh, I think it was Bowling Fox the other day. And he had a great point. If you're Tristan Thompson, what reason do you have to come back and play the last five to 10 games of a season when your contract is up? You're going to be up for a new contract. You know what I mean? Like, or Kevin yeah. Love, who knows he might be traded in the offseason. Why would you risk injury? and go back out and play some meaningless basketball games uh, just so what? So they're like, I know selfishly I'd like to see some basketball, but for them, if I'm not in the playoffs, I don't want to play. That's, that's like a similar argument they have to like superstar college basketball athletes or college football guys. And maybe they might be coming off an injury and they come back with like, or they could come back with three or four games, whatever left. If you're going to be like a first round pick and you know it, or like, you know, why risk coming back and re-injuring and, that kind of thing. So it's, it's along the same kind of lines, but I guess I, with, with the example that Jason Lloyd panned out, he's totally right, by the way. You know, like, what is there to risk if you're just going to be a free agent? You know, you're only you, hurting yourself potentially in the long run. Do you ever find yourself siding with owners over players? Like, are you – because I tend to – and maybe it's just the the bleeding heart, uh, libtard in me. Uh, yeah. that I tend to I – t- I do tend to side with the players way more than I do with the owners because the owners are billionaires. If you really take a step back and look at it, the owners have they they have the iron fist in almost every situation. And this one, if we flip back over to the Major League Baseball, they have started to lay out a PR campaign before anybody even realized it to kind of blame MLB not coming back on the players. And what they're doing is they're laying it off as a money thing immediately instead of it being a safety thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's the narrative of an argument like the billion owners can because 
they really are in control one way or the other, even though the players union can say whether or not they want to play. But if you get out there and you set the tone of what the PR campaign is first, mm-hmm. then the other side has to fight that PR campaign and fight the fight that they're in realistic. So it's like a double-edged sword. Exactly. Uh, they want to fight yeah. for money and health, but they also have to fight this PR campaign of, we're not just spoiled athletes. We, we actually care about health as well, too. Do you right. find yourself ever siding with uh, owners in situations? Hardly ever. I can't remember the last time I did side with an owner. I mean, I try to look at it, you know, much like everything, you know, glass half full, glass half Like, see both sides and see where they're coming from and see why they're making the argument that they're making, you know. But like you said, most times it's just mostly the players that I'm siding with. Like, and I definitely don't agree with the owners here. Uh, do you remember the Chris Rock bit where he's talking about Shaq being rich and the owner of the Lakers being wealthy? And he's like, Shaq is rich, but the guy who signs his check is wealthy. Here you go, Shaq. Buy some more bouncing cars. Bling, bling. <laughs> like, and that's, yeah, I don't, for some reason, that always sticks in my head when we start talking about, uh, like, owners of teams versus players. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bouncing cars. That's good. So you can only have one of the two. Do you want baseball to come back with a full season, or do you want some crazy tournament-style uh, NBA playoffs? That's like only at Vegas or Disney or something. It's like crammed into a, like a March Madness style NBA playoff. I think uh, selfishly, I'd want to see baseball, but I think if you did it the NBA way, like the little crazy tournament you talk about, the the TV ratings would be through the roof. Like yeah. I'm talking like absolutely insane because it'd be something they 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 nobody's ever seen before. You know, at an NBA level, you know, it'd be so unprecedented as far as what would be happening. I think that would be absolutely crazy. I mean, you thought March Madness was nuts. I mean, this whole NBA tournament potentially thing, forget about it. That'd be really nuts, man. Yeah, and then now you have you have colleges, like in California, that are saying they're not opening until fall, so they're probably not going to be able to play college football. I mean, that's really going to – teams might play incomplete schedules if they play at all. I mean, this is mm-hmm. – it's going to be interesting I, to see how things play out over the next couple months. I mean, yeah, in terms of, like, baseball, I've heard, like, the potential, like, different, like, divisions just for, like, one season, like, you know, like, just kind of, like, regional. I, I don't know. They just There's so many different options and different ways they can do things if they did want to get baseball back in particular. So, I don't know. I hope they can figure it out because I would love to watch more than just NASCAR and stuff on the Ocho. But it's all right. We'll, 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 we're getting there. It's all about safety, you know? Exactly. Well, before we move on though, I, I, we've talked about Korean baseball a little bit and there's, I think Korean's the one that has no fans, right? There's no fans in the crowd. No fans. No and fans. Like, and they have some of the stadiums with banners up of like pictures of fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I want to say it's Japan that is allowed to have fans, but there's only like a thousand total in the entire stadium and they're nowhere near each other. Mm-hmm. Would you even want to go to a baseball game where you sat by yourself no one within like 15 seats of you and there's like no food or beverages being served. Okay. No food or beverages. No. But if it was just spaced out like that, I have no problem with that. That's actually how I go enjoy most of the Indians games. Whenever I'm at progressive field, I'm up in the upper deck, you know, behind, you know, first, first home base, you know, that side up there. And there's nobody within 25 seats of me. It's great. It's terrific. Oh, so you like the social distancing. I do, especially at the Indians game. Like I, like I said, it doesn't get any better up there because there's, you know, if, if, if for some reason a foul ball comes up, it's all mine, you know. I like the day games, and I like sitting out in the uh, right center field seats. Same thing, though. I'll, we'll, a couple of us will go, and we just try to find, you know, we don't buy those seats. We'll buy whatever seats and just walk out right. there. You go get exactly. a beer at the bar, sit down, no one within 10 seats. It's really not bad. I, I think I could enjoy it. I think I, I think I've sat pretty much everywhere you can sit at Progressive Field except for the left field bleachers. But I don't know why I still haven't been up there. I'm kind of uh, wait ever, ever. I've never been I've never been up there. No. You strike me as a bleachers guy too. 
I, I want. I feel like that's where I, maybe I belong. You know, maybe I got to stop my twenty-five person social distancing policy and go check it out. You know, go hang out with John Adams. You know. Uh, speaking of social distancing, we've now been. I, I don't know how long this whole thing's been going on. What are we at? Like probably day forty something, day fifty something. I don't even know where we're at. After three or four weeks, I saw stuff between like forty-eight and seventy-two. Like I mean, there's yeah. so many. Who knows? I mean, but the number is beyond me. We've been stuck inside with significant others. You know, you're, you're at your girlfriend's house a lot. Yep. Um, I, I'm here I, now. Yep. I, I, you know, my girlfriend's over here. The lovely Jenna's at my house, or we're at her house quite a bit. Um, and it's people are starting to get sick of each other. I mean, you've seen a lot of each other. There's no place to go. There's no place to escape. Uh-huh. Unless you're rich, you're one of those rich people. We'll get to a rich couple in a little bit who didn't make. Oh yeah, I was just, just about to say, just about to say. Yeah, yep. that's that's the tease right there. Did not make it through <laughs> the quarantine, but. You know, unless you're rich and you have a huge house and you have someplace to escape, you're, you're getting pretty sick of each other. Is there anything um, that your girlfriend, you know for a fact, she is getting completely sick of you doing, saying, um, you know, uh, harping on, whatever the case may be? Yes, actually, there is one thing, and it was me complaining about not having any weed. <laughs> <laughs> for about two weeks there, it'd be like, it's one thing after the other, you know, like, I just like, I would always make like comments alluding to that, because you think I could find some, but I, I mean, I, everybody's dry on my end, so I had to give her, uh, give a little, little poke in the right direction, you know, but it took some time, but we got there, but I, I was, I was bitching about not having any weed for about two or three weeks, like I said. So, not, so you're okay with it now? Oh, yeah, I'm good now, because we, we I re-upped, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I gotcha. So it's all good, but yeah, for 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 a while there, that was getting pretty tumultuous. What about you? Do you? That's why you got to get your card. See, I got I got my medical card. If I need it, those places those places were deemed essential. You can go up and get. You could have got your weed the whole time. I actually have an appointment uh, on the first to you know like with a you know I got that ball rolling thanks there to Cahill. Go. What's up? What's up, Cahill? Oh, for, to Adam Cahill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's yeah. the ball rolling for me too. I well, you know what's funny is I was like I don't have any of the pre-existing conditions. Um, and then I looked on the list and I actually did. I actually, I got diagnosed with PTSD after my accident. And, you know, there's been a whole bunch of different things that the doctors suggested, but one of them they never brought up to me was the marijuana card, which has helped yeah. tremendously with my sleep, by the way. Yeah, awesome. Exactly. I mean, for, use it for a number of reasons. So the one thing I know for sure that Jenna's getting sick of with me is, well, at least not so, not maybe not as, as much anymore, but in the beginning, and I threw it on as a hotkey here, uh, just because okay. I wanted to try it out, but, um, I already played it once, but it's, it's, I, every time the phrase coronavirus got said, I would yell, coronavirus! Every time, like it was like, every time, every yeah. single time, without fail, you know, somebody would say coronavirus and I'd be like, coronavirus! And, and <laughs> I don't know why, and I still, when anybody says coronavirus, it's the first thing that pops into my head. It's so fun to say just like that though. I mean, I was saying it for like, coronavirus! A few, two, few days, you know, just like nice to fire off in a, you know, in succession. Um, the other thing is me just getting fat. I just like have done no workouts, barely running. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I just don't really have, I haven't really done much. And, and I don't, she wanted, she won't admit it. You know, she gives me the I love you no matter what line. Don't they all though? I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> For the most part. If <laughs> but, but I know that when we're able to go out on the boats here in like, you know, just a couple weeks or weeks or a month or whatever, my face <laughs> just getting the boats ready. The first yeah. time I take my shirt off, she's going to be like, good God, man. It's your ass <laughs> out of the house. You're pasty. You're flubby. You need to get uh, out of here and you need to go do some exercise. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I mean, my four pizzas a week policy has not really been – it's been catching up to me, you know. Four so, pizzas a week? Three or four, roughly, yeah, you know. All Geppettos? Every single time. You don't ever mix it up. You stay Geppettos every time. 
Do you want to know why it's always that? Because it's good. It's that good to me, and it's always five bucks. You know, I know it's always going to hit the spot. It's just enough food for then and later, or, or at one time. You know, sometimes I'll get a pizza and a gyro. I mean, I, I'm really crazy like that. What is what is the five dollar pizza? It can't be a large, right? It's a medium, no, but it's just pepperoni. And but like I'm telling you, it all comes together. I don't know what it is about that pizza at Geppetto's on Ridge, but they really they tickle all my twine. You know what I'm saying? They do a really good job. They might as well be a sponsor of this damn podcast. As well. I gotta go in there and talk to the guy. Yeah, I, I gotta show him something. I mean, anything's better than where we're at now. I mean, I would love to have them be a part of this. You know, uh, one couple who did not make it through the quarantine. At first, it looked like they were going to. And now, by the way, I'm talking to my ass on all this because I don't follow anything about this couple. I know nothing about them. I've just read a couple articles. Uh, Kristen Cavallari, I think that's how you say him, and Jay Cutler. Yes, yes. Did so, you see they were, they were together for 10 years, though? Yeah, and, and, well, they were, they were, and then they were quarantined in the Bahamas, and they got, like, stuck there with mm-hmm. a photographer or something. I don't know. And uh, by the time they left the Bahamas, they were divorced. They got divorced. Yeah. And Jay Cutler, he couldn't be any less bothered by it, it seems, you know? It's awesome. It is, I don't, <laughs> it is, it's awesome to me that Jay Cutler took exactly what he did on the football field and has applied it to every part of his life, which is like the most minimal amount of effort you could possibly put into something. And then, I know. Like, she wanted, so she wanted to, her, him to buy her a new house or buy a house, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. froze the bank accounts and told her to get a job. Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely Ruthless. awesome. Um, and then, and then also she says that, He's not motivated and doesn't want a job and just wants to stay home and play with the kids. Yeah, he was an NFL player forever, and when you married him, you knew he was the laziest NFL player. Well, do you remember? Do you remember all those like Jay Cutler memes of like, especially when he was with the Dolphins, like during that post gamer where he's like all looking disheveled and depressed or whatever? They they kept photoshopping cigarettes in his mouth, yeah, you know, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> looking like a, like a stressed out car mechanic or something like that, like. Those are always so classic. I love those, you know. There's there's a lot of them. If you type in Jay Cutler meme on uh, Google Images, there's a lot that come up between the Dolphins, the Bears, wherever. He, there's a ton of them. Do you, are you familiar with Kristen Cavallari? She's apparently from the OC, right? Uh, I believe so, and that's about as much as I know. I was looking at some of the stuff about her on Cosmopolitan, uh, just about the whole Jay Cutler thing, and it's there, – there's a reason why I don't keep up with these two, you know. Like, it's not really my, my thing, even though Jay Cutler is – was an NFL star – Star, I suppose, air quotes, using it loosely. Yeah, I mean, he was—he had a couple good—he had a couple pretty good years in, in Chicago. If you would have put any effort in whatsoever, he could have probably been a top seven quarterback in the league. Oh yeah, and I—I I, would even argue he was like definitely—he was a lot closer to seven than maybe we even give him credit for, even in like. Oh, for a couple season. years, for sure, yeah. But yeah, what was like his big thing? He just turned the ball over. I don't know. I mean, anything about—he wasn't really a game manager. Like he just, like you said, yeah. if he put any more effort into it, he would have been a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that in complete hindsight here. I don't really, I didn't follow his, co- his you know, career. It just seems know. like he was just out there rolling with it, you know? Yeah, in fantasy football, he was always a pretty good option. So, I don't know. That's kind of what I'm going with. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I just love his, I love his demeanor, you know, how he just doesn't give a shit about anything, you know, and this he's cold, distant, you know. Well, and that's what, I started seeing some of the clips of their TV show together. And uh-huh. now I'm, I'm now kind of mad that I missed out on this TV show because, He's just like the biggest dick ever, and and normally I would not be like like I wouldn't like that like just being a dick to your girlfriend for no reason. That kind of sucks. But she right. like she really sucks. That she's like way over the top about everything, and like mm-hmm. you know obviously wants a reality show and all this stuff. And all the women love her because she's like this, you know. But what did she really do? She just lived in you know Orange County and lived a fake life because that was where exactly. she wasn't real, and she got famous. What's, yeah, exactly. What did she really do? 
She's famous for being famous. She's like, it's like the, the vein of the Kardashians, right? Another one of those types, huh? Which, I mean, whatever. I mean, this, we're in the era. There's of, plenty of them. Right. We're in the era of famous for being famous. But <laughs> that's how you're going to be. You can't be mad when you marry Jay Cutler and then he acts like Jay Cutler on a day-to-day basis. And the thing about this is, like I said, they were married for 10 years. I'm sure he had to be like this if, for all 10 of those years to a degree. You know, like I don't think it – I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know. But, like, he seems like the kind of guy that he just kind of carry that same the entire time. And she just kind of put up with it. And now she's done, you know. Yeah. Did you see the final thing here? The thing where she, so the, for years it's been claimed because Jay Cutler, there's no way he even cares about Instagram, but they've claimed okay. that she runs his Instagram account. And then oh, she runs love, his. Yeah. So the after okay. they're divorcing and all that stuff, and it's been, I don't know, I'm going to say nasty, but it seems like she's trying to like win like a PR battle that he's not even engaging in. He give a shit less whether she's carrying or not. Yeah, right. He put like a, a really sappy, Mother's Day message on his Instagram, and no one bought it. Every time underneath was like, <laughs> said, we know you wrote this account. <laughs> so it totally fell on deaf ears. Yeah, basically, yeah. Because she posted it from his account, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I mean. That's that's pretty corny, yeah. Like, come on, man, that's not good. Right, so I guess that, that kind Especially of. Even, if you know. Exactly. But, I mean, she doesn't seem like a very self-aware person. Once again, I'm completely shooting the head here. I know nothing about this woman. I just figure if you Maybe, were on the OC, then you probably aren't very self-aware. Well, that I mean, from the now that we talked about it, I don't think we missed too much by not watching their TV show. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff you can catch up on on YouTube. I so I actually live when I lived in California. I was about 30 minutes from Orange County, mm-hmm. and everybody when I would come back to visit here would be like, "Oh my God, you ever go to Orange County?" <laughs> and like, yeah, I go to Orange County sometimes, and it's Literally just like shitty, it's not shitty, but it's like shitty white people in like a brick <laughs> suburb. Like that's literally all it is. And it's not really, like you make it seem like it's like Hollywood almost, you know what I mean? It's just that's the like, magic of production, you know? Exactly. Take, take like Bay Village. And okay. Then, See, I was going to use Westlake as an example. For, all right, friend, Westlake. We'll go with Westlake. Westlake, okay. Rocky <laughs> River. And then just yep. put that on the side of a mountain. And along the ocean, it's just like that. <laughs> There's nothing like really that special to it. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, it's just the the, the locale. Yeah. Yeah, and there's way cooler places out there. Trust me, Pacific Beach at that time. Whenever you used to ask me about OC, I'd be like, you know, the Pacific Beach, you can drink on the beach, right? There's just parties all day long on a, one of the most beautiful beaches in America. I wonder why they don't do it out there. I think the OC is just like an easier, you know, buzz phrase, you know, OC. It's just easier to say. It kind of has a little more resignation, you know? Yeah. It doesn't take as many characters to write across the ass of some, you know, sweatpants, you know, it's just two letters, OC. (laughs) Well, well, they go with PCB on this. It's not that far off. Okay, but still, it's one more. It's one more. more. It's 50% more ink you have to print on sweatpants asses. It adds up. It does add it up. Uh, and, the, and the other thing about PCB was you can't drink on the beach anymore, um, thanks to a bunch of people from Temecula, California, which is a place where I live. Also, the okay. place where the Meet Me in Temecula fight, I don't know if you remember that on Twitter. It was a very famous no. Twitter. Christmas Day, someone wanting to fight over, I believe, an NBA uh, debate told them, meet me in Temecula, and it became very uh-huh. famous. Uh, but, uh, so P- Pacific Beach is actually located between three colleges. It's like right in the center of three colleges, and I think it's San Diego State. UC, uh, SD, and one more there. It's right in the middle. So it's, it would be a completely different show than the OC. It wouldn't be a bunch of rich kids, um, you know, talking about their rich lives. It would mm-hmm. be much more a bunch of rich kids 
partying and doing coke and hanging out at Dennis Rodman's house. I don't know why that's not a show and it hasn't been a show. I don't know why that show isn't into its eighth season by now. Okay, I'd watch that. <laughs> Sounds like a way better show. I'm all, I'm all there. Yeah. Um, all right. So the, I mean, we kind of we kind of nudged our way into the uh, the tea here anyway, or the gossip or whatever. We don't really have a name for the segment here. We're going very gossipy this week. I figure, why not? Yeah, um, you know, why not? You know, it's it's a new flavor for us. Let's try it out. There's a, there's some very interesting stories uh, that we're going to start off with here. Um, we're going to start off with Tremont, Ohio, uh, because okay. this, this story to me, I have, I think both of us have extremely sophomore humor. Um, Absolutely. That's really not any kind of, uh, you know, breaking any news here on that one. I mean, we're, we're guys. Come on. I mean, let's just let's face it. Isn't, aren't most guys like that, you know, like fart jokes, that kind of thing? I think this falls along the same kind of line. Exactly. Um, and someone has been going around Tremont and changing the signs to different, like, genitalia names, but they're, like, the most little kid versions of the names. Like, there's been Dong. They put the Dong sign over the street sign, right? Yeah, uh, they put it uh, at the corner of Dong and College. There you go. It ties into the last story we were talking that about. Could have been Dong a and College. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's that yeah. one that they... Dong in college, they have uh, Beaver was one of them that they use. Beaver, that's a good one. Good point. Beaver, and then, and then obviously the last one they used was Wiener, which is my personal favorite. I mean, Dong has a little bit more oomph to it, but Wiener is just also a classic. You know, it's timeless. It is timeless. <laughs> it's just got to be just people bored on quarantine, right? Because they're printing it out on paper that looks like it's a street sign and then taping yes. it on. Yes, Taping it on with blue painter's tape. It's not just, you know, your standard masking tape. They're, they're trying to go the extra way to fool you at first glance, you know, and they have been fooling people at first glance. They're convincing enough. Can you, you know? imagine being someone from out of town, coming to visit and, like, check on relatives, and you're driving down college, and you're looking for whatever street it is that they covered up with Dong, and you're like, Dong in college. They're calling, you call and you're like, we're like, where are you at? I'm like, I'm lost. I'm at the corner of Dong in college. <laughs> Well, like you have it typed into your GPS, and it tells you to turn left on the street, but when you look up, it says Dong, so it completely throws you off, you know, because not only is it the wrong street, but it also happens to be a one-way, and it takes you off guard even more. So, like, what is this? <laughs> you know? If you're going to cover up one of those street names, you're going you're gonna to go with your most juvenile uh, name that you could possibly think of to cover it up with. What, what's the street name you're going to? Oh, man. See, you, you kind of put me on the spot here. I didn't think about that. I would probably go with... Uh, Fanny, you know, I kind of like that as a okay. term. It's, it's very juvenile and very kindergarten, but that's why that's that's, that's how I, that's why I like it. You know, nobody gets hurt, nobody gets offended. Just Fanny, you know, F A N N Y, right there. I, I, you know, what, for some reason, and I guess mine's a little bit more offensive, but I okay. do think I do think if you combine it into one word, that it might get past people. Cockney. <laughs> Okay, so it's not, no hyphen, no space, just all one word. Cock- all one word, cockknocker. At the corner of college and cockknocker. That's where I'm at. Dong and cockknocker. There we go. If you were, if you're, if I was calling an Uber driver and letting them know I'm standing on, I'm standing at the corner of um, Dong and cockknocker, <laughs> that's where you can pick me up. Come pick me up. It's by the Shell station with all the graffiti on the pumps. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, one block down from Fanny. That's right. And the, uh, the, the funeral home. I'm right down there. Uh, are you willing to put your money where your heart is on the Cleveland Browns? That's all I got to know, Dave, because CJ McCollum, who is a guard for the uh, the Trailblazers, is he is uh, an unabashed Browns fan, which is really enduring. What's that? 
He was born in Canton, I believe. Yeah, yeah. where did he go to? He went, I can't remember which school he played at in high school. He was a beast. I remember seeing him play in high school um, at, mm-hmm. in the state tournament. Um, but he's, he's a monster, very, very good guard. Um, him and Dame Lillard are like probably one of the most electric backcourts in the NBA. And on Twitter, he, he and Lou Williams, sweet Lou Williams, who's one of the greatest uh, six men ever in the history of the NBA, uh, one of the most pure scoring guys that we've seen in this hot, modern era, especially for a size of the guard. He, they apparently had a bet last year, or were going to have a bet that the Browns, the $5,000 the Browns would be over 500. So on Twitter, yep. Lou Williams said, uh, you know, where's my money? McCown's like, damn, do I owe you that money? And then Williams said, well, I didn't actually accept the bet in a timely fashion, which, by the way, very gentlemanly of him. That's very stand-up of him, you know. Like he 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 understands what's going on. He's not going to force his, you know, CJ McCollum's hand, so to speak. He wants to double down and make sure he gets it the right way, you know. But it, it looked like McCollum was just ready to pay the five grand. Like it was nothing. He was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. If I lost, I lost. And he's right. like, no, no, no. I did not accept that bet in a timely fashion. So, <laughs> and then uh, McCollum said, all right, double down, double or nothing. Browns over five hundred for ten thousand dollars. Now, ten thousand dollars to CJ McCollum, the Williams is like, you know. Geppetto's money for Dave. I was going to say, they, they pull in, they park their, their car, and, like, they that's what they get. You know, like, they don't even got to step foot into the building on game day, and they already made 10 k right? So so the, the equivalent for you, what is the most amount of money? I I feel we're both probably somewhat optimistic Browns fans. This year. We've talked about it on the podcast before. There's We both think there's reason for optimism this year. What's the most right. amount of money you're willing to put that the Browns will finish 500 or better this year? Uh, I'd say sixty to eighty bucks. Sixty to eighty dollars. That's a, that, I mean, that's what is that? Twelve Geppettos, twelve to uh, yeah. Geppettos pizzas. When you break it down like that, that's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could eat off that for at least three months. You know, for twelve to sixteen Geppettos pizzas. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So yeah, sixty eighty bucks. I think that's about fair. What about you? Is like, are you closer to the ten k range, or are you closer to the sixty to eighty range? I am not closer to the ten k range. Ohio has not paid me my unemployment yet, um, so I, can, <laughs> I cannot be making wagers like that. Um, I don't know. I'm not really a betting man on things like that. I will tell you, I made the worst bet of my life, um, and then I'll tell you before I get to the actual Browns part of it. I made a bet when I was. Uh, all we're, our fantasy football draft, like most, is a complete shit show. It's um, okay. We have a you know a, a league where we get, it's a keeper league. Get to keep players, the same guys from high school. Everybody's in the same year. You draft. It's like the NFL where you finish. You draft in a reverse order. Um, mm-hmm. People would trade picks and stuff. It's it's crazy. So our our draft every year is a complete shit show. And uh, towards the end of the draft, I had had a couple pops in me, and I it was right when Pat Schirmer got hired as the head coach of the New York Giants, uh-huh. and um, and they just drafted Saquon Barkley, and they still had Eli Manning, and we didn't know how bad Eli Manning was going to turn, how quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I made a $500 bet that Pat Shermer was oh, over 500 after his first two years with the Giants, which... Wow, he must have had a lot more than a few pops in you. This did not happen <laughs> anywhere in reality. It was like, wow. I could not have been further off, though, in that first year... I must say, there was like three games that they lost by like th- four or less. <laughs> it would have swung everything the opposite way, but screw you. Yeah, I know. Screw Pat Shermer. That's <laughs> that. Um, that, I mean, that, that, that's pretty heartbreaking. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Pat Shermer. Geez, he, it was bad enough he was the uh, head coach of the Browns and he burned you that way, but he, only to get you, get you again when you were, you know, doing the draft thing as a head coach of the Giants. Jeez. 
got me coming and going. Uh, so, so that being said, I would not be willing to put anywhere near my Pat Shermer bet on the Browns being over 500. Though I am pretty confident in it, I would say I'd be comfortable. Um, and I think this speaks more to my personal finances than my comfortability with the Browns finishing at 500 this year. I'd be comfortable mm-hmm. putting $200, 200 yeah. smackaroos on the Browns finishing 500 better this year. 200. See, my thing is, I don't. I mean, this might be a whole nother, another conversation, but I'm just worried about them even be, being able to get in the games this year. To be honest with you, the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of off in a few months, but it's we're getting there more often than not. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to be even able to play. Yeah, there's actually um, they're they're going to about to vote on raising the debt ceiling for each team, which I didn't even know there was a debt ceiling for each team in the NFL. Okay. Um, but they're yeah. voting on raising the debt ceiling for each team in the NFL. Um, in uh, so that they teams can account for the fact that they may not bring in revenue via tickets and um, mm-hmm. in-game merchandise sales this year. So that tells you that they are really thinking, if we do play, there's probably not going to be fans, which sucks because my buddy Dave just booked, not members only Dave, um, yeah. other buddy Dave House, he just booked. So in Jacksonville, where the Browns play on November 29th, it's the mm-hmm. weekend of um, Thanksgiving, they they have cabana suites around a pool on like it's like their VIP area in the stadium. Nice. We have 100 people going. 100. He just booked it like five days ago, and 100. 100 people, Browns fans. Yes, 100 people committed and sent their money in to reserve Damn. that spot. And if and if they can't, if there's no fans allowed at the games, then we're not. We're not That's exactly. Out. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of no, we get our money back, but that would really suck. It's November, so what do you think my odds are of being able to do this in November, Dave? I think they're pretty good by now. You know, if things are still kind of going to where they are by July, August, that's when you might want to start raising your eyebrow and thinking twice, you know. But we'll yeah, see. I agree. You know, I agree. A lot of that information is going to be available more readily than later, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, we're going to get more data coming back with everything reopening in terms of what we can and can't do this fall with large crowds. So we'll, I think we'll get that answer sooner than later, you know. I hope everyone's right and there isn't a spike because if the scientists are right, which, you know, it's probably yeah. where the smart money is. <laughs> if the scientists are right and there's a spike. What have they ever been wrong? Yeah. I mean, you know, right. math is tough for some people. They'll tell you the models were wrong, but models are based on math and I'm, whatever. I'm not even going to get into all that crap right now. Yeah, it's like a whole other conversation. Yeah, exactly. It's like a- whatever. But let's just hope that, you know, all my, all the, my, my aunt Karen and all the people who, um, used to play hacky sack next to school or right uh, on Facebook, and there is none can be a second. <laughs> yeah. And Bill Gates is just doing this to take our DNA. Playing hacky sack and their jinkos. Remember that? Those are the days, huh? Damn right. You still got a pair <laughs> of jinkos, don't you? I actually I do. Yeah, I still, I'm trying to move them, trying to sell them. You know, like come on, what, why doesn't anybody want these babies? They got a flaming eight ball skull on them. I mean, come on, that's hard. Is it, are they uh, elephants? Are they? Uh, are they mammoths? Are they just regular? Do you remember there used to be different sizes for the bottom of the pants? Oh, yeah. I think they're just the regular kind. Like, they're like, you could, like, I think it's like the size of, like, two two liters next to each other. That's how big around they are. Like, they're super <laughs> big, man. <laughs> I, mean, I like, have to I have to admit that I did have a pair of kangaroos, which were, like, oh, you did. double that uh, when I had like, a bowl cut huge. at one point in my life, yes. Oh, I mean, I mean, I feel like in 2000, 2001, the Jinkos were synonymous with the bowl cut, the wallet chain, the tech decks. Yeah. You mean, you, you had plenty of room for, like, all your energy drinks, your Pokemon cards, your yo-yos, whatever you need. <laughs> and I was, I, like, rollerbladed, but not like, you see now where people, like, rollerblading with their 
elbow pads down the street for extra. Yeah, like, yeah. Half plates and like street courses and like grind, yeah. grinding on rails and stuff. So the kangaroos yeah. were good for that because your pants didn't get caught in the rollerblades. They just got caught on everything else in the world. It, it was like uh, like that scene from D2, The Mighty Ducks, where like they're, they're just rollerblading throughout town, the mall. They're going through. Everybody remember that scene? Exactly. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh huh. It's just just like that. Me and you and your gang, ripping it up. Just just ripping it up. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna do two more here uh, on the T. Uh, we're gonna get to uh, we're gonna go to Earl Thomas next. So Earl okay, Thomas this one was very interesting, by the very way. Very interesting, and most people have heard the story um, mm-hmm. because, I mean, how could you miss the story? It's absolutely insane. Uh, yes. Earl Thomas um, got into a fight with his wife, stormed out of the house. Uh, she uh, tracked. Did she track his credit card purchase or something? She, she logged into his Snapchat, I believe. That's and what it was. Yeah. She checked out his location based off of his off that. Yeah. And she found pictures of him with another girl on Snapchat. So she goes to the location. It's an Airbnb that he apparently had rented. She mm-hmm. walks in and finds him and his brother both in bed with two chicks. Now, I have a tendency to believe, and maybe I'm giving you know, too much uh, credence here to Earl Thomas, but I have a tendency to believe that it wasn't like all four of them, like, playing Twister naked in the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You think they were just kind of, like, doing their own thing, maybe on the the same bed? Exactly. And not to be crude here, but you know what I mean. They're like, you know, like Eiffel Tower, like, that type of deal. Yeah, that's what, I mean, it is what it is. That's probably what they were doing, you know? Probably love. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Call it what it is. (laughs) Yeah, so she walked in, holds a gun to his head, uh, uh-huh. tells, you know, says, I got something for all you hoes, which is, by the way, is one of the greatest lines of all That's time. one, of, yeah, that was, that cracked me up whenever I was reading that, uh, their direct <laughs> quote from the article. <laughs> I've got something for all you hoes. That's um, classic. I'll tell you what I feel bad about, though, here. While this is a funny story and we're, you know, we're going to laugh, but this is people's lives, obviously. I think they do have a couple children together. Yes. Um, if I remember correctly. But I thought what was crazy about this, Dave, was, that uh, they were looking to try to, vo- if there was any language in his contract, to void his contract because of this. Oh, I didn't see that. They were tra- they're actually trying to do that? In the beginning, yeah, so they were saying there was a source saying they were trying to figure out a way if there was a, void, a way to void his contract. How cutthroat is the NFL that he didn't even, like, look, he's, did he commit adultery? Yes, obviously. And did he commit adultery in one of the weirdest ways you possibly can, being in a bed with your brother and two chicks? Yeah, of course he did. But, you're going to take the man's livelihood away for that. And I'm not condoning it whatsoever. He's a scumbag. He deserves, you know, all the well, he headaches. He shouldn't deserve to have his contract voided. Just, I mean, what does one have to do with the other, honestly? 100%. If you're going to start voiding contracts for adulterers in the NFL, the entire league will be two people. It's going to be Philip Rivers and his 26 kids, and it's going to be Russell Wilson, who's simping the heart of the Sierra. There's only two people in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. That really bothered me. Like, the story's funny, and it's kind of sad for their family and everything, but how do you try to take a man's his, his contract away over you know you know being a dog basically doing his thing he's, he's getting his you know did you see the video that he posted after the fact and he said you know you pretty much said you know these things happen yeah come on like shake it up it's another day who, who amongst us hasn't been <laughs> in bed with their brother and two chicks by their wife, and she points a gun and says, I've got something for all you hoes. <laughs> I, I guess that leads to the bigger question is, like, I wonder if uh, Earl Thomas is Eskimo brothers with his actual brother. Like, I wonder if that's Ooh. a thing. That's, I mean, you know? I, you would think so. 
If they were doing I mean, it that maybe, way, so they were probably switching it up there as well. I, I mean, if they're comfortable enough doing it in the same room together, I mean, come on. I mean, I think all science points to more of a yes than a no here, but that's just my 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 two cents on that. I mean, they're pretty close. I mean, the brother's been around a lot. He's gotten some hand-me-downs from Earl Thomas. I'm not talking about <laughs> clothes. Maybe yeah, not talking about clothes. And also some other things as well. <laughs> but you know what it made me think of, Dave? And I actually just saw, so the, the last dance is obviously going on on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And they're um. I think it's Sports Illustrated is doing a Last Dance Dallas Cowboys version right now. It's just like articles. Okay. And yeah. one of the things they talk about, have you ever heard of the White House? No. So there used to be in, um, there's a book called Those Guys Have All the Fun. And once again, it's like sitting next to me in a pile, but I'm not going to run over and grab it. Like, yeah. About Bosworth. <laughs> An awesome book. Um, it's about like 80s athletes and like um, 80s, 90s athletes and like some of the crazy stuff. Um, it's actually just about the Dallas Cowboys. Not just about mm-hmm. uh, the book starts out with Deion Sanders uh, trying to stab, or no, he's a Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin trying to stab someone with barber scissors in the locker room. Um, barber scissors? Wow. Yeah, so like someone was getting a haircut, he grabs scissors and tried to stab him. And this is like the crazy stuff that used to happen with the Dallas Cowboys. But they had a house just off of the practice facility they called the White House, and it was literally there to do drugs and bang hookers. That's and it. Like infamous. Everybody knew about it. Um, you know, wives tried to shut it down and couldn't. Jerry Jones was 100% a sponsor of this deal. Oh, he was all about it. Yeah, exactly. So when you think about it in those terms, and if you read this book, some of the stories that are in there, it's not like this whole old time thing isn't that crazy in the landscape. By comparison, yeah. Yeah. I think it was more sensationalized just because there isn't that much going on in sports these days. You know, it was an easy story to – uh, it was like a more like a viral story, you know, like it was everywhere on Twitter and the internet for like 20 hours, not even a full day, like a, not even a full news cycle. It was like 18 to 20 hours, like yeah. Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas, Earl Thomas, and then it was like gone, you know, super fast. So, I mean, I think if it, if it was a regular sports climate, yeah, it would have been a big story, but I don't think it would have been nearly as big as it is now. Would Would you be able to go back and play, um, get your hat on straight? I mean, some of the things these guys play through in their personal life and you go out there and you're like, well, what a shitty game you had last Sunday. You, know, you got burned, you know what I mean? And then you like you don't even right. know like his wife who had a gun to his head two days earlier screaming, I got right. to you. I, I could probably I could try to put it behind me. I would do my best to keep it out of my mind and just focus on the bag, you know what I'm saying? Focus on the bag. So you're you're a compartmentalization type guy, huh? That's right, that's right. That's what I like to hear. Um all right. So our final story and then before we get out of here, uh, the party in the back podcast. Um mm-hmm. I found this article and it only just made me laugh just because uh, it's so silly, um, but apparently in music news, uh, uh-huh. uh, outside, so there was a bunch of food um, donated to a food bank, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to figure out where this was at. Hold on one second. I probably should have known this. I looked it up, and I couldn't find it myself, but. Which makes you feel like it might be, it might not be true, um, but it was a bunch really of food donated know. to a food bank, and it was sitting outside the food bank. And mm-hmm. who came by to eat it? Uh, who was it? Flock of seagulls. Any guess? <laughs> Which is insane. What are those guys? They must be on hard times if they're trying to go get food outside of a food bank. You know, if they're stealing food like that. Come on, guys. What scumbags? Like, you've got some big time hits in your career. You're able. <laughs> Albeit to- 35 years ago. But still, you're telling me they're not still doing rib burn offs. Well, I guess they're not right now. But you, right. you got to be still performing rib burn offs, right? 
at least the Berea one, right? I mean, I, I'm surprised they've made it 35, 36 years off the money off Iran alone. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's stunning the longevity that song got them, got them all the way to 2020. Do you? It's still huge in like Grand Theft Auto. Oh yeah, I think it was used in like the Grand Theft Auto like four trailer. Vegas, right? Yeah, like it was. They're all over, and they're actually a pretty good band, but they're stooping to some new lows if they're stealing from a food bank. Come on, guys. Stealing all the food from a food bank. Um, I don't know what city this was in. It's on foxnews.com, so it's, I mean, it's got to be. Of course it's true. I'm sure they checked all those, the sources and everything. Yeah, and, and it's <laughs> weird because people were calling them things like vicious flying rats. That's oh, it's Wor- you... Worcester, England. That's where Oh, okay. So they're yeah. being a little cheeky out there, huh? Are, are they English? I think they, they are. I think they're um, like uh, English or, or Welsh or uh, something like that. You Wait know? a second. If they're Welsh, I have to change. They're from Liverpool, United Kingdom. Okay, there you go. So this, this, so story, they, makes, this story checks out now. And now that we've checked all the facts, I think that they're the, they're, they are the lone suspects in this case. <laughs> um. I've heard of dumpster diving, but this is an absolute new low. I, I have no respect for Flock of Seagulls anymore. I can't listen to any more of their records and take them seriously, okay? When, when, they, when they perform at the Marks Great American Rib Cook-Off with social distancing, you're not going to go visit it? <laughs> no, I'm going uh, to be protesting, you know. i gotta find, I got to come up with a slogan or something to scrawl on a sign to put up there, you know, like uh, protesting and for stealing from a food bank. I mean, it just does not get any lower than that. Come on. Pathetic. Uh, I once saw who sings Jumper. Is that Third Eye Blind? Yeah, you know, okay. like I wish you would step back. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. yeah. Two things about that song. One, at the uh, Manor Nissan where I work, they uh-huh. play that song every 30 minutes. It makes me want to jump off the building. <laughs> two, okay. even though I like that song, I just can't hear it as much as I hear it. And two, yeah. I saw Third Eye Blind perform that at the Mark Great American Rib Cook Off. Oh, okay. How was it? Were they, did uh, was there a lot of Third Eye Blind fans there. I don't really yeah, know any more of their songs. It was packed. Um, you know, I, I probably knew like two other songs they played, but I felt bad because the entire time it's just like fat, you know, east side of Cleveland people standing there with rib sauce on their face screaming, <laughs> <"Hey>, Jumper! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I bet they loved it when they kicked it in, though, you know? Kicked it. All right, yeah. What were the other Third Eye Blind songs you know? Because I can't think of any. There's like, don't they do that one? It's like, do, 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 Yeah, that's another one. Okay, that's them. Um, I don't know the name of that song. Third Eye Blind's uh, biggest hits. Let's see. We're going to we're gonna figure out the name of these there. Um, how's it going to be? Oh, yeah. Now, I love that song. That's like Good one song. of my favorite ones. That's, that, oh, that, 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 semi-charm kind of life? I forgot about that That's one. the one I was just singing. Okay, yeah. definitely. Um, they got a few bops there. They, I think if you, guys, if you have at least three hits, two or three hits, you're good enough to play at any rib cook-off, any, like, you know, 25th anniversary nostalgia right. tour, whatever the case may be. Like, you, they, they play those three songs and you're out, you know? You punch your ticket to a lifetime of rib cook-offs if you get that third hit in. I mean, think about it like this. Petey Pablo had that song Freak a Leak and, um, you know, Raise Up, and he lived off that for 20 years. He's still making performances at clubs, you know? Damn right. By the way, Petey Pablo sucks. If you ever see him live, don't do it. Just that's my two cents. Don't Him and Ja Rule, they don't, they don't really they don't back it up, dude. Not good. Uh, you know who is the worst I've seen? Because I know what concert series you're talking about, so we might as well just jump to that. Um, Go for it. Jim Jones. Were you there that night, Jim Jones? Performed? I was. That was so bad. Yeah, Jim Jones asleep, was bad. No joke. Fell asleep <laughs> sitting in a chair in the middle of his performance. I've never seen it. <laughs> in fact, it was so bad. 
oh. was kind of impressive. It was, you got to actually almost try to be that bad and just like inconsiderate to everything that's going on around you in that <laughs> setting, you know? He, he sat <laughs> on people a that showed up. Sat on a speaker with like a roach of a blunt in his hand <laughs> and a bottle of champagne. <laughs> and he had his mic and he was stewing it. And he, was just like, like, he would nod off for large <laughs> parts of songs and then wake oh. back up and like, Say like two lines <laughs> and then like nod back off of it. And I'm not lying, am I? That's exactly no, how it sounds, I'm right? Cr- I'm cracking up because I, 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 now that you mentioned, I can, I can see the visual, and I do remember that happening, sitting on the sub, you know, it's like with his head down, like kind of slumped into the microphone. And I just think it was because he was so drunk, like before, like he was just like so wasted. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah, I wish people could have uh, been been there to see that because it was funny, but it was also sad, you know. Yeah, it was. It was now to oh, be shut- fair. It was like the middle of a snowstorm, if I remember. Yeah. And there was like right, yeah. forty-eight people in the place. So. Yes, but it was still everybody had their phones out. They were dying to see Jim Jones, and I will say that concert series, the best one of that. I keep telling my girlfriend. Uh, I told everybody the Ying Yang Twins absolutely killed it when they came through Cleveland. By the way, the really? Ying Yang Twins were so awesome. Yes, 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 and yes. They performed for about a good 25 minutes to a half hour, and uh, they they were rapping. They weren't letting, like, the backup vocals do this. Like, they were, like, getting it on all the songs. They had energy, and they hung out afterwards, and they got drunk. I mean, I did some shots of uh, tequila with those guys, you know, the, the smaller really? ones. Too. Yeah, like, they were they were they they loved that place. They were loving it, man, and so was the crowd. You could tell. It was a really good show. I would pay to go see the Ying Yang Twins again, okay? That's how good they were. Really? See, I, I, yeah. I'm not actually that surprised because they're so high energy. you got to think that they're – they're probably halfway decent, you know what I mean? Yes, um, they're, they're, but they still brought it. Like I said, I would if they if I saw them playing in Cleveland, I would go for sure. There we go, a little Ying Ying Twins to take us out of. Uh-huh. Uh. Whatever happened to crunk <laughs> music? We need more crunk music. I don't know. I I'm sure it still exists to a degree, but it's not nearly as pronounced as it was 20 years ago. You know, like the Master P days, the Kitty uh, Pablo days. You know, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, Lil John's still hanging around. Yeah, he's still going hard. I mean, they, I think it's all cyclical, so I think it'll be back in another three or four years. It'll be, you know, there'll be We're another... We're all going to be wearing Jinko jeans and listening to crunk music all over again. Nuck if you buck. That's right, yeah. They're going <laughs> to crank up that crime mob. Let's go. <laughs> all right, Dave, this is the final run-through. This is it. This was the last song. Next week, we're going to be promising the people. We're going to over-promise and under-deliver. Uh, we're going to be live. We're going live next week. Are you ready? I'm ready for it. I'm going to try and get this uh, hair, haircut so we don't, I don't look so much like, you know, Uncle Jesse from Home, uh, Home Alone, Full House, excuse me. <laughs> I'm going to actually pay my internet bill so they don't slow it down because today you've been very choppy video-wise. Because Okay, I got, I'm going to work on that. Do you want to know with my internet bill? Did you know when, like, you get real close to your internet bill being due, they, like, slow your speeds way down? That's where I'm at in the month right now, so. Okay, gotcha. Well, Basically. I'm going to... I'm going to make sure all my stuff is on the up and up so there's no choppiness. We're not chopping. We're just flowing. You know what I'm saying? No chopping and screwing. All right, Dave. uh, Always good talking to you, buddy. Uh, Solid 50 minutes. Everybody can subscribe to this on Apple Podcasts. Go leave us a uh, review. Follow them on Twitter at MembersOnlyDave. I'm at Will Burge. Vote for me in the Go to K&R tournament, too, by the way. See you, Dave. We didn't talk about that. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, we'll talk about it next time. Next time. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We'll see you. Okay. Bye.